Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Criminalia, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. He is known to history as one of the Catholic conspirators involved in a plot to assassinate Queen Elizabeth I and replace her with Mary, Queen of Scots. This episode is about a poet who committed an act of high treason. Welcome to Criminalia. I'm Maria Tremarchi. And I'm Holly Fry. He was born on August 24th, 1562, although possibly that birth year is 1558 in Southampton, England but not a lot is known about Chittick Tichborne before his involvement in what's known as the Babington Plot. He was, we do know, raised in a Roman Catholic family. And though Catholicism was tolerated in England during Tichborne's childhood, that ended when the Pope, Pope Pius V, declared Queen Elizabeth I, who was a Protestant, a heretic. On February 25, 1570, the Pope issued a papal bull called the Regnans in Excelsis, which means reigning on high or ruling from on high. So in the Catholic Church, a papal bull is an official document issued by a Pope. And this bull stated, quote, 
Elizabeth, the pretended Queen of England and the servant of crime, was excommunicated from the church, stripped of her right to rule, and also released her subjects from any loyalty or allegiance to her. Pius V's bull called upon Catholics to remove her from the throne or be excommunicated as well. It's kind of a declaration of war. And in retaliation, Elizabeth reinstated a series of anti-Catholic measures. So in 1571, Parliament passed a series of acts intended to protect Elizabeth from any consequences of that papal bull. Included was an act that made it treasonous for anyone to deny that Elizabeth was not the true Queen of England and Wales. Another made it illegal for anyone to bring any papal bull into England and Wales and carry out its orders. As Queen, Elizabeth restored England to Protestantism. The Act of Supremacy, approved by Parliament in 1559, which was not long after she took the throne, revived the anti-papal laws from the time of King Henry VIII and declared the Queen to be the supreme governor of the Church, the Protestant Church. Immediately before Elizabeth's rule, Queen Mary I, also known as Mary Tudor or Bloody Mary by her Protestant opponents, was intent on restoring the Catholic Church's preeminence in England. But she only ruled for five years before her death, after which Elizabeth ascended to the throne. Mary and Elizabeth were sisters. Elizabeth supported the Protestant religion and had little tolerance for the Catholic Church. Catholicism under her rule was made illegal, and Roman Catholics were banned by law from practicing their religion. So the Babington Plot. The the Babington plot was a plan to assassinate Queen Elizabeth I and install Mary, Queen of Scots, who was Elizabeth's Catholic cousin, on the English throne. It failed, and in its wake, it left more than one person executed for treason, including Mary, Queen of Scots. Queen Elizabeth I of England and Mary, Queen of Scots are two legendary rivals here. Their decades-long verbal feud over the right to the English crown, and yeah, okay, so that's right, they didn't actually ever meet in person, this was a verbal feud, ended with Mary's beheading, with Elizabeth's blessing on that order, but we'll get to that. Many Catholics under Elizabeth's rule believed that Mary, Queen of Scots, was the rightful Queen of England. Mary was a threat to Elizabeth in a few ways. Mary had some pretty solid claims to the English throne. She was heir to the English throne through her Tudor grandmother, Margaret, who was King Henry VIII's older sister. Elizabeth, on the other hand, was believed by many, especially among Catholics, to be the illegitimate daughter of an unlawful marriage between Henry VIII and Anne Boleyn. That was Henry's second wife. To many people, that meant that she was not a rightful heir to the throne. Because Henry broke with the Catholic Church when the Pope refused to validate his second marriage, to Catholics, Elizabeth was, quote, the bastard child of a whore. There's a a bit of a twist here that gives the Babington plot some actual potential. Everyone ends up in the right place at the right time. Mary, Queen of Scots, ended up as a visitor-slash-prisoner in England under Elizabeth's rule. She fled to England after Scottish nobility, enraged by the murder of her husband, Lord Darnley, became suspicious of her and her new husband. That's actually just the the quick version of a really interesting story. She was forced to abdicate the throne to her infant son, James. Escaping political unrest and possible imprisonment, 
she sought the protection of her cousin, Queen Elizabeth I. Elizabeth, though, was not welcoming. She imprisoned Mary and kept her locked away for 19 years. 19 years is a long time, but it didn't stop the plots to get Mary, Queen of Scots, the English crown. Until the Babington plot happened, that is. This is what ended it all. So we're going to take a break here for a word from our sponsor. And when we return, we will talk about who Anthony Babington was and what his role was in the plot to assassinate Queen Elizabeth I. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Listen, you listen to true crime podcasts. You know that the world can be dangerous and unpredictable and that there will unfortunately be people who want to hurt each other. And so it's kind of nice to get a little peace of mind by having a good home security system. Just take a few precautions. And I recommend looking at Simply Safe Home Security. I've had my home broken into in the past, and it was a terrible feeling, even though nothing that bad really happened. Aside from an intruder, I just really like knowing that I have a security setup that lets me check in on my pets when I'm not home. That is a huge peace of mind giver when I am out traveling. Simply Safe sent me a whole home security system, and I was really, really impressed by the variety of indoor and outdoor cameras they offer. And the whole thing is backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/criminalia. That's simplysafe s i m p l i s a f e dot com slash criminalia. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Hey everybody, it's Holly. Listen, I've been doing stuff on stage since I was a kid, which means that I have been doing my makeup since I was a kid. And I can turn out a look when I need to, but on my day to day, I really like to keep it a little more relaxed and low key. I don't have time for a full face most of the time. But that also means that Thrive Cosmetics can have me covered no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm doing something on stage, like I have an appearance or a live show, or I'm just running to the grocery store. Something in their line is perfect. And what I really love and what's important to me is that they are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. And to me, cruelty-free is very important in the cosmetics I use. I mentioned that I've been doing my makeup for a long time. I've gotten older <laughs> in that time. And one of the things that I've done to refresh my look is switch over to their brilliant eye brighteners and use something like a rose gold shade to really like go all around my eye and then just blend it out and get a daytime smoky look. It makes me look a little more youthful and more refreshed. And it's just easy as pie. And it means that I don't have to mess with a whole ton of products. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash criminalia. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash Criminalia for 10% off your first order. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. 
because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Criminalia. Let's meet Anthony Babington. So the whole affair was named after Anthony Babington, a Derbyshire man who had been raised in the Catholic Church. During his childhood, he served as a page in the household of the Earl of Shrewsbury, who was acting as jailer to Mary, Queen of Scots, during her imprisonment in England. Think of Mary's imprisonment more like a house arrest and less like Her Majesty's prison service. Babington became devoted to the Scottish Queen over the years. And it is Babington who conspired to deliver Mary, Queen of Scots, out of custody and to the throne. The Babington plot was actually the third significant plot against the life of Queen Elizabeth I. Others included the Ridolfi plot in 1571 and the Throckmorton plot of 1583. But since we're talking about her in 1586, clearly those two failed. It was in May of 1586 when the Babington plot began to solidify finally. Babington, then age 25, he actually didn't come up with this idea himself, but he was a major player. His visit with a Catholic priest named John Ballard was the beginning. Ballard had met with the Spanish ambassador Bernardino de Mendoza in Paris and shared with Babington he'd heard that the Pope had ordered an invasion of England to depose Queen Elizabeth I. Ballard declared that, quote, an army of the Pope and the King of Spain would invade the realm. Babington didn't just jump right in at this time. In fact, he pointed out that the Pope's men were unlikely to be successful in such a thing. Ballard, though, he assured Babington it would work. And he also shared that a man named John Savage had been chosen as the person to assassinate the Queen. It was at Ballard and Savage's request that Babington organized and rallied fellow young Catholics to this cause. And those men included a long list of names that I'm going to share with you. (laughs) Edward Abington, Robert Barnwell, Jerome Bellamy, John Charnoff, Henry Dunn, Robert Gage, Edward Jones, Thomas Salisbury, Charles Tilney, John Travers, and Edward Windsor. There were three additional men, Robert Poley, Gilbert Gifford, and Thomas Phillips, who acted as agents and double agents working for a man named Sir Francis Walsingham. Walsingham was secretary to Queen Elizabeth I and was considered her, quote, spy master, among other intelligence duties. So now, back to Tichborne. 
1583, Tichborn and his father were arrested and interrogated by authorities about, quote, popish relics that they had returned with from travels abroad. They were both released without being charged, but historical records suggest that this was not the only time that they were questioned by the authorities over their religion. And it was June of 1586 when Tichborn agreed to take part in the Babington plot. Writing in cipher, Babington exchanged letters with Mary, Queen of Scots, explaining the plans to rescue her. In one, he outlined the steps that needed to be taken in order to free her and reestablish Catholicism in England, and that it would have to happen through the assassination of Elizabeth I. He wrote that his, quote, private friends would be in charge of, quote, that tragical execution, and he basically asked for her permission to execute. That plot did not go off without a hitch, and it was Walsingham's agents who foiled the plan. Robert Poley had his hands in, well, everything, and we've seen him described as, quote, the very genius of the Elizabethan underworld. Gifford received the letters exchanged between Babington and Mary, and he passed them to Phillips, who was Walsingham's codebreaker. There was also Peter Bales. Bales was a highly skilled copyist, and his claim to fame was that he produced a Bible that was about the size of a walnut. He inscribed a number of texts within a circumference of a penny, one of which he mounted on a ring and presented to the Queen, who greatly admired his work. He was also skilled at imitating handwriting, and that skill was put to use for secret purposes by Phillips and Walsingham. It was Peter's skills with these letters that ultimately helped uncover the Babington plot to assassinate Elizabeth. Walsingham believed it was only a matter of time before Mary would expose her true nature. And he was right, kind of. Eventually, she replied to Babington with the words that triggered the treasonous act. Quote, let the great plot commence. Intercepted and decoded, Walsingham felt that he had the evidence in hand needed as proof that Mary, Queen of Scots, was plotting to overthrow Elizabeth I. While she hadn't condoned the assassination that was detailed in Babington's letter, she hadn't condemned it either. Actually, most accounts suggest in the greater letter she'd asked for more detail about the plan. When she was put on trial for treason against Queen Elizabeth I in October of 1586, Mary pointed out that there were no letters in her handwriting talking about the assassination of Elizabeth, and she denied having any correspondence from Anthony Babington. But her secretary had talked. He confessed to penning correspondence at Mary's dictation. She was convicted of treason on October 25th and was executed by beheading on February 8th, 1587 at Fotheringhay Castle, one week after Elizabeth signed the execution order. Walsingham, having wanted to expose Mary for years, was pleased with the outcome of her execution, believing that he had thwarted an existential threat to England. Walsingham had long tried to convince Elizabeth that not only was the throne at risk, but that her life was in danger, and he insisted on multiple occasions that Mary, Queen of Scots, be executed. But for years, Elizabeth had always refused the idea. He was convinced, though, that if he could provide enough evidence that Mary was plotting Elizabeth's assassination, the Queen would surely order that execution. And he saw his opportunity with the Babington plot. We're going to take a break for a word from our sponsor, and when we return... 
we will talk about how treason was determined in the 16th century in England. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Welcome back to Criminalia. There's treason and there's execution to be talked about. But first, 
Let's talk about what it meant to be charged with high treason if you lived during the 16th century. With Mary, Queen of Scots, beheaded, let's talk about these treason executions. We've been pretty biased toward the American law of treason during the first several episodes of this season, so let's talk English law this time for a change. In the 16th century, when the story we're telling takes place, English law of treason was entirely statutory law, and it had been that way since the Treason Act of 1351 was put in place. The Treason Act distinguished two types of treason, high treason and petty treason. The distinction is this. A charge of high treason, and this is of course the charge we're talking about in this episode, covered acts that constituted any serious threat to the stability of the state, which would have included such things as attempts to kill the reigning sovereign or to wage war against the kingdom. Petty treason was defined as the murder of one's lawful superior, or, as it's stated in the act, a person to whom one, quote, oweth faith and obedience. So it was petty treason, for example, if a wife killed her husband or if a peasant killed a lord. That's right, the relationships are what made it treason rather than homicide. The consequences also differed between these two types. A conviction for high treason meant death by hanging, drawing and quartering for men, or drawing and burning for women, and the traitor's property would transfer to the crown. In the case of petty treason, the penalty was drawing and hanging without quartering or burning without drawing and the traitor's property in these instances transferred not to the crown, but to the traitor's immediate lord or other superior. Again, in the Babington case, we are, of course, talking about high treason. The Babington plot resulted in the execution of Mary, Queen of Scots, as we talked about, but also Anthony Babington and his co-conspirators. The first arrest among the men was made on August 4th, 1586, when John Ballard was apprehended and taken into custody. Arrests continued. At John Savage's trial on September 13th, evidence was given describing the events leading up to the planned assassination, specifically what happened upon Ballard's arrest. We quote, Then came Babington to Savage, saying, Ballard is taken, all will be betrayed. What remedy now? To which Savage, it said, replied, quote, No remedy now but to kill her presently. Babington replied, quote, Very well then, go you unto the court tomorrow and there execute the fact. Savage responded, quote, Nay, I cannot go tomorrow, for my apparel is not ready, and in this apparel I shall never come near the queen. Not to be stopped, Babington replied, quote, Go to, here is my ring and all the money I have. Get the apparel and dispatch it. On August 14th, Tichborne was apprehended and held in the Tower of London. He was, depending on which of his potential birth years is correct, in his 20s, we know that, he was either 23 or 27 years old when he was sentenced to death for high treason. While in custody in the Tower on September 19th, which was the eve of his execution, Tichborne wrote to his wife, Agnes. Few of his poems survive, including one titled When I Was Fair and Young, and another The House Dove. Of those few writings is this final letter to Agnes, and it's considered among literary experts to be his most notable work. Called the Tichborne's Elegy, it contains three stanzas concerning his impending execution. 
It's also known by its first line, my prime of youth is but a frost of cares, a verse that was popularized after his execution. Depending on your point of view here, this final poem could have been written either by a martyr or a subversive, right? It's an interesting way to look at things because if you're a fellow Catholic at the time, you see he suffered persecution and death for his religious beliefs. If you were a Protestant, you see he was a threat to your country. One person's patriot is another's traitor if we learn anything at all this season. Tichborn's authorship of the elegy has been disputed in the past, with some claiming it was another Tower of London inmate, the famous Sir Walter Raleigh, who actually penned it. He didn't. The poem that mourns a life cut short is Tichborn's work. Babington, on the other hand, was not writing poetry while facing potential execution. First, he hid at the home of the Bellamy family, until he realized that Jeremy Bellamy was working for the Queen, specifically for Walsingham's spy network. Babington at this point tried to buy his way out of it all. He offered a £1,000 bribe for his pardon. That was rejected. He was arrested, and he and his co-conspirators, also arrested, were interrogated. We do not have a record of the types of interrogation techniques that were used, but we do know that each man confessed. It is recorded that John Ballard was tortured for information. Babington, Ballard, Barnwell, Dunn, Salisbury, Savage, and Tichborne were the first group that was tried. It was on September 13th and 14th. Abington, Bellamy, Charnock, Gage, Jones, Tilney, and Travers were tried on the 15th. Each man was found guilty of high treason. So as Holly just said, Babington, Ballard, Barnwell, Dunn, Salisbury, Savage, and Tichborne were the first group tried. They were also the first of the co-conspirators to be executed. On September 20th, the men were marched from their cells in the Tower of London, were strapped to large sleds, and were pulled by horses through the streets of London until they reached the execution site at St. Giles in the Fields, where a scaffold had been erected. They were each first disemboweled while still alive on the gallows at Tower Hill, a horrendous act intended as a warning to other would-be conspirators against the throne. After the proceedings, the executioner distributed the parts of their bodies to prominent locations around the city as a show of consequences of disloyalty to the throne. English historian William Camden, who gave us the first detailed historical account of the reign of Elizabeth I of England, recorded the executions of the prisoners, writing, we quote, The 20th of the same month, a gallows and a scaffold being set up for the purpose in St. Giles' his fields, where they were wont to meet. The first seven were hanged thereon, cut down, their privities cut off, boweled alive, and seeing and quartered, not without some note of cruelty. Ballard, the arch-plotter of this treason, craved pardon of God and of the Queen with a condition if he had sinned against her. Babington, who undauntedly beheld Ballard's execution while the rest turned away their faces, fell to prayers upon their knees, ingenuously acknowledged his offenses, being taken down from the gallows and ready to be cut up, he cried aloud in Latin sundry times, Parchamihi Domine Jesu, that is, spare me, Lord Jesus. Savage broke the rope and fell down from the gallows and was presently seized on by the executioner. His privities cut off and he boweled alive. Barnwell extenuated his crime under color of religion and conscience. 
Tichborn, with all humility, acknowledged his fault and moved great pity among the multitude towards him. As in like manner did Tilney, a man of a modest spirit and goodly personage. Abington, being a man of a turbulent spirit, cast forth threats and terrors of blood to be spilt ere along in England. The next day, the other seven were drawn to the same place and suffered the same kind of death, but more favorably by the queen's commandment, who detested the former cruelty, for they all hung till they were quite dead before they were cut down and bowled. There are a few more. Salisbury was the first who, being very penitent, warned the Catholics not to attempt to restore religion by force and arms. In like manner did Dunn, who followed him. Jones protested that he had dissuaded Salisbury from the attempt and had utterly condemned Babington's proud and headstrong mind and the purpose of invasion. Charnock and Travers, having their minds wholly fixed on prayer, commended themselves to God and the saints. Gage, extolling the queen's great bounty to his father, detested his own perfidious ingratitude towards his princess to whom he was so deeply bound. Mary, Queen of Scots, was not included in this list because she was not there that day. She was executed by beheading a few months later on February 8th. The plot and the resulting executions caused a general increase in anti-Catholic acts by the monarchy. Hundreds of people were arrested. Dozens of Catholic priests were executed. To be a Catholic priest in England was itself treasonous at this point. In the second half of Elizabeth's reign in the late 16th century, more than 300 Catholics were tortured to death. The penalty for treason changed over the years, and the death penalty as punishment was abolished in the United Kingdom with the passing of the Crime and Disorder Act of 1998. That's more than 400 years after these executions. So what do you think? Should we read the elegy before we pour out a drink? I shall begin with the first of three stanzas. My prime of youth is but a frost of cares. My feast of joy is but a dish of pain. My crop of corn is but a field of tares, and all my good is but vain hope of gain. The day is past, and yet I saw no sun, and now I live, and now my life is done. My tale was heard, and yet it was not told. My fruit is fallen, and yet my leaves are green. My youth is spent, and yet I am not old. I saw the world, and yet I was not seen. My thread is cut, and yet it is not spun, and now I live, and now my life is done. I sought my death, and found it in my womb. I looked for life, and saw it was a shade. I trod the earth, and knew it was my tomb, and now I die, and now I was but made. My glass is full, and now my glasses run, and now I live, and now my life is done. And now, Holly, pour me one. Yes. See, I'm rhyming fool just like him. (laughs) It's time for our perfidy pour. Okay, listen. I hear you've got something for us today. Okay, obviously the obvious choice here is a Bloody Mary, which is why we're not doing a Bloody Mary. (laughs) I mean, I don't like Bloody Marys all that much to begin with, and I really don't like obvious choices. So this is a lot of heavy stuff, and particularly the executions are so grisly that I wanted to do something a little lighthearted here Mm -hmm. and also talk about something 
that merits a little bit of explanation because it sounds funny when we read it, but really it makes logical sense. Okay, so I'm calling this one Unready Apparel. (laughs) It sounds very funny when Savage replies to that whole request to go to the court right now and just kill her to go, I cannot, my clothes are not ready. But the thing is, if you didn't have the right clothes on, you wouldn't be permitted entry at court. He would not have gotten close enough to the queen to be able to actually carry out that directive. So he wasn't being a fancy pants unicorn or vain. (laughs) It it does read like it. Like, oh, my ensemble is not prepared. I can't go Um, in jeans. What are you doing? (laughs) The other reason that I wanted to call this unready apparel is that I would suggest not wearing light colors when you prepare it because you <laughs> oh, might no. stain them. No. <laughs> then you'll never be allowed into Queen Elizabeth's court. Ever. Whether you're doing it for good or, or evil, you won't get in. Whatever your purpose. <laughs> like I said, I'm not going to go the obvious route and do a Bloody Mary. So no, this is not a tomato juice situation. I also thought for a minute about doing a posset. Do you know what that is? That's like a warm milk drink mm. that was popular at the time that all of these things were playing out. If you're familiar with your Shakespeare, a posset shows up in the Scottish play. That's the thing that Lady M is poisoning Duncan's guards with. She poisons their posset. And I noodled around with that idea of doing a milk drink, but then I just was not feeling inspired. And so in the midst of my struggle, I decided to do what I often do, which is just go to the store and look around and see what jumps out. And then like, this is one of those great moments where there was an item with like a halo of light shining around it. And it was like, (laughs) <laughs> Dingaling, this is your ingredient. And I was like, aha! It was the obvious solution to my themed drink dilemma. I might lose some of you with this because it is a thing that some people have very strong feelings about. I also do in that I love it. So here we go. This is going to start with your shaker. Put a little ice in there. You're going to toss in two ounces of vodka, one ounce of simple syrup, and one ounce of lemon juice. Oh, I know what you might be thinking. Holly, this is a vodka Collins. Well, it is so far, but it's not going to stay that way because then you're going to add two ounces of beet juice. (laughs) I know not everyone loves beets. I love them. I was just about to ask you, did I ever tell you I love beets? I love beets. Everybody says they taste like dirt. I'm like, delicious dirt if they want to call it dirt. It tastes beautiful. I love them. And if you use them in cooking, they make everything pink and they turn it all into princess food and it's beautiful. So you're going to do <laughs> your two ounces of beet juice, and then you're going to shake all of that together, and you're going to strain it over ice and top it with club soda. You're going to want to give it a stir. It's probably not going to mix immediately. The club soda won't naturally mix in. Because for me, I at first tried it without any soda in it, and it was just a little too thick. Oh, okay. I wanted something that was a little more sippable mm-hmm. and like a softer beverage, and the club soda just perfectly balanced all of that out and made the beet juice a little thinner, and it was quite delicious. I will say this is also one of those ones that's a little misleading because the beet flavor and the syrup make it taste very sweet and yummy, and you cannot taste those two ounces of vodka, which is a significant amount for like a standard drink. Usually an ounce and a half of spirit is what most things have. They'll go up to two depending on your your bartender's choice. Two is considered a lot by most standards. And you can drink it very quickly and be like, oh, that was yummy and refreshing. And then go, "Uh uh-oh, I just drank two ounces of vodka very quickly. To do the mocktail is really easy. You're just going to leave out the vodka. But I would also do the following. I would increase your lemon juice a little bit. So I would do more like an ounce and a half of the lemon juice. And I would decrease the simple syrup 
by about a half ounce. So you still end up with two ounces of those two things together. Mm -hmm. But if you don't, and you don't have the vodka to thin out that beet juice, that original recipe of an ounce of simple syrup is way too much. It tastes almost like a beet milkshake. It's too much. (laughs) So the lemon juice, if you add a little more lemon juice, you will help mitigate that problem. I love beets, but I got to tell you, I don't want a beet milkshake. Actually, I think that could be really delicious. Listen, you and I are going to make beet soft serve at some point okay. in the future, and it's going to be amazing. Deal. And then we'll pour vodka on top. It'll be It'll so be good. Fun. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so um, that is the Unready Apparel. It's such a beautiful color because you still get that like deep red, but it's more of a magenta red. So it harkens to all of the gruesome torture and Mm -hmm. bloody things that happen but it is delicious and not painful at all to imbibe unless you hate beets beets. in which case i'm sorry sorry. i promise there will be no beets next week and probably not for a long time because i that's a unique thing i wouldn't do over and over right like next week and be like holly i love turnips what can we do with more root vegetables be like this one is beet juice and rum and you'll be like no man i'm not sure about that like (laughs) No, I promise I would never do that. But I do hope that you come back and hang with us next week when we'll have another story of treason, another cocktail with no beats in it whatsoever, and hopefully a little more fun on Criminalia. Criminalia is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, please visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from trinity school of natural health Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder. Or find a featured all-inclusive package to Ocean by H10 Hotels and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com.